Because we're punny like that. Mm-hmm. What's again? You said prayers and dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna do it right now so we get it out the way. Yeah. Yeah. Got some things you really wanna talk about. Bundesweites Artus Labs sind eine Maßnahme des Fonds darstellen Künste, finanziert aus den Mitteln der Beauftragten der Bundesregierung für Kultur und yeah. Medien im Rahmen der Neustadtkultur. <lacht> Welcome to Re, Prez, Zen, Dance. I forgot the tea, but it's okay. That's all right. You forgot the tea. <lacht> Dance. But that, but that was still beautiful. Um, thank you so much for being here. Thank I, you for having me. I have the honor and the privilege of having a one-on-one conversation with you that we get to share with a lot of people. Mm. Mm. So I would like to introduce Joseph Donga <laughs> from Cameroon, growing up in London. 2007, you started the collective called Just Us Dance Theater, which now has an artist international, sorry, International Artist Development Program in Brazil and UK's first annual hip hop paid apprenticeship company. Mm-hmm. Mm, you are also invited with Just Us Dance Theater to join the Artist Council England's NPO National Portfolio Organization. Yeah. 2021, you were appointed emerging choreographer by the Royal Ballet. You have created many works for institutions such as, let me take a breath, Boston Conservatory of Dance, Middlesex University, Middlesex, Middlesex, is that right? Yeah, Middlesex, yeah. <laughs> Middlesex University in London, Bundesjugend Ballet, Richard Alston Dance Company, Junior Ballet Madrid, Code Arts Rotterdam, English National Ballet School, Royal Ballet, Royal Ballet School, next season you will... Dutch National Junior Company and next season 2425 Dutch National Ballet BC Junior Company and um will be on the main stage of Royal Ballet in February your first production of the year. Yeah. You're also co-founder of the Artist of Artist Led Hip Hop Initiative called Artists for Artists. You were awarded Best Choreography from the Reverb Dance Festival in New York. And you now have an extended full-time position at the Royal Ballet Opera House titled Choreographic Resident or Residency. Mm. Mm. We good? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now, um, on the Ballet BC website for next season, I found a nice phrase they say that you are shifting audience perceptions by addressing racial stigmas and social stereotypes now looking at everything that i just named and everything and this quote how people are perceiving your work what does that mean to you uh That's a hard question to think about. I think what it means to me 
Like if I mm-hmm. if I just go back, I always say to people that I think where I am right now still feels a bit surreal and always will. I think in terms of just looking at my my background, where I came from mm-hmm. and what I'm doing now. And so then when people do review my work and say, oh, this is what you're doing, I feel like I can, that's the only thing I can do because mm. I'm always just trying to have parts of my experience in my work. So if it feels like that to people, then it is. But for me, it just feels like actually part of the reason why I want to dance and part of the craft is about expressing different journeys, different viewpoints into work. And from heading into contemporary dance or ballet, naturally I'm going to meet people that may not understand or see my background. So it was going to feel like, oh, I'm being radical, but actually I'm just expressing something that's part of my practice and part of my craft. Addressing the background. I literally just named everything that um, white institutions, Mm -hmm. um, but I haven't really talked much about just us dance, theater, and everything you did before, where it actually, yeah, your background of how you started with dance, how, what directions, what styles, can we go a little bit back in time and... Yeah, we can go back. Like, <laughs> I'm rooted. I think people have this perception now because I do contemporary and classical work. That is my background. But me, it's hip-hop culture, mm. hip-hop dance. I'm a big fan of street style. Popping, one of my first language I learned. Then breaking, then locking, then crump. So I've always had... Not just a fascination, but that's part of my identity, doing hip-hop. And I think contemporary dance and ballet was something that came later because I was fascinated by the qualities it can give Mm. to a hip-hop language. And that's why I always try to make sure it clear that, you know, I'm influenced by hip-hop culture, hip-hop, you know, ideas. And if you see where hip-hop was born out of, you know, it was brought out of, you know, rebellion, you know, speaking out about social stuff. So I always feel if I'm doing hip hop, that's part of the things, my responsibility to do. And adding classical theme or movements, it's more about looking at the quality and looking how you can interact to people who are not familiar with you. So that's always been part of my thing ever since I started Just Us in 2007. A group of friends was about how do we make hip-hop more accessible to all, Mm. but also people who look like us. And how do we build an environment where we can each, you know, learn, peer support each other. And I think that's always been like the core of my practice that no matter where I am, how do I retain that community mentoring part of my practice in any institution, any places I go to? So now coming from this like collectiveness this community mm-hmm. this um and translating that into big theaters into not necessarily diverse spaces uh what what's the process there oh cuz you're literally bringing all the information mm. and all of the access um mm. i think it's about being aware that I'm not trying to speak for everyone who looks like me. Mm-hmm. So knowing that when I'm walking to the space, I'm walking with my background, 
my pathway, my experiences, and people who have influenced my experiences, and trying to make that clear that, okay, if we're going to experiment with this, this is from my point of view and information I've gotten from research, not just, oh, I'm speaking for the mass. Mm -hmm. So I try to make that clear, and I think I try to reflect that also in terms of my team. Mm -hmm. I try to keep my team quite varied in terms of background, age, demographic, gender, to make sure that I also get a lot of different opinions that can form ideas from. And I think that's really key in terms of being in those spaces that allows them to know that actually part of my team is part of my upbringing, that I've been exposed to multiple things. So my team has to reflect actually my personal journey. So I always try to make sure, you know, there's a strong, you know, female representative, someone who, you know, if I'm looking at tone, who's darker skin, because that's always that was always a big thing for me, that walking mm. into spaces, I always see there's always an acceptance for a lighter complexion. So I always want to make sure that, you know, mm. the darker complexion, you're used to that. Also in terms of having someone who's a, a mature age to kind of give guidance and support in how... I'm just going to... Yeah, give guidance to say... And support and how others may perce uh, perceive it mm -hmm. who are from a different generation. So I think that's a really big thing in going to institution is knowing your team and understanding mm. who your yeah your background. That seems mm. to me like how it should be, but it's not. Thank you for that work. I'm like so uh, mm. flabbergasted that I forgot my next question, but <laughs> it was around being in these spaces, um, creating this art because you are creating a lot, you are putting a lot out there, you are giving so much. Mm. So where's your your time or where do you go to, to heal, to get inspired? Because right now you seem like a machine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not, uh, my time, ooh. Mm. I'm a big fan of movies, mm -hmm. series. So any moment I get to that disconnect, I'll do that. You know, I have my two daughters, you know, interacting with them and, you know, trying to be a father, trying to be a partner to somebody else. I think that disconnects me. But also I have a friend unit who also just try to make sure I stick to my hobbies, you mm -hmm. know, because I like doing, you know, martial arts. I like, I'm a big football fan, but I actually like being active in that. So, trying to make sure that I'm keeping things that are not arty in my life. And I love cooking. So one of the things I, I always try to do is consistently in a weekend, you know, buy food to cook, invite people, because actually that's part of, you know, relaxing me and letting me not think about dance. Okay, now I have to ask, what is your favorite thing to cook? What's my favorite? <laughs> you know, I don't have a favorite thing. To cook, um, I honestly love cooking. And I think one thing I li like about cooking is that I'm a visual learner. So what mm. I would do is just like, mm. if I wake up and be like, oh, I'm feeling like Middle Eastern. I'll just go on YouTube and I'll just look at something, go to the shop, buy it, watch the, uh, the YouTube channel for like 20 minutes and just try to imitate exactly what I did, what I saw, uh -huh. and make my food, and then and then memorize other stuff that I added to it and put it there. So it's a constant trying to experiment because I travel a lot. It's like food is so key 
to me mm. as well. So I realized that over time, actually, that is part of my therapy in terms of just relaxing and doing something different and listening to music. And friends can feel like they talk to Joe's about life and not just about, oh, five, six, seven, eight. What about that idea? So, yeah, that's why I enjoy cooking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That is giving so much openness. Mm. Like you're, you mm. seem like you're really keen to just diversify your your existence. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. you named all these activities, and I'm like, when did you do this and create all of this? Yeah, I, <laughs> but I do that. <laughs> you do. That is a superpower. Shifting back into mm -hmm. into the dance into yeah. the dance world, um, and like Bally BC mentioned, that you're addressing racial stigmas and societal stereotypes. And it is that saying, stating that is, is quite a responsibility. Um, and how do, you, how do you handle that? Because I know that in a lot of these places, they do not have black or people of color choreographing there. Mm. How, how does it feel to be that, I don't wanna say token, but to be that one person of a few? I think that I recognize that there's not a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something I don't take for granted. Like, I remember when I was with Dutch Juniors just now in in August, and I was speaking to one of my friends and saying, you know, to be in this space doesn't feel normal and isn't normal. Mm -hmm. So how do I try to make it <laughs> feel normal for the next person? And I think that comes with themes, ideas, you know, how I interact uh, with people. And I think being stubborn with knowing that, you know, this is the idea I want to do, but how do I make sure I translate it in a respectful way mm -hmm. that they know, okay, cool, Joseph wants to explore some sort of, you know, black culture, but we're not black. Mm -hmm. So how do we find a compromise to see, okay, Joseph can still explore a theme similar to that, so I think that's something that I really try to push and try to find. And if it's not about black culture, it's about something to do with black culture, rebelling. And okay, how does re rebelling to you feel like? Because I can talk to you about my experience and try to consistently like they hear it from my perspective and then hear them and kind of trying to meet so it feels personal to them. And I think that's, you know, my... I think my hip hop side of it is mm -hmm. actually is that peer to peer learning to understand the unique thing about hip hop is about things being fresh interaction mm. and looking at society. Okay, how do we address that without, you know, sugarcoating it? And I think looking at personal emotions is one key thing that I try to narrow down and then yeah, just teach them some <laughs> class. <laughs> So you, so in the process, you always mm. do like a workshop before you start creating or? Always do mm -hmm. a workshop creating, introduce them to the language. And it's a good way for me just to see their personality, how they're going to react to me. Mm -hmm. I think that's so key. And then you always have to pick a core that you feel understand your movement a bit closer so they can influence the others in terms of, oh, actually this person doing like this and this is what Joseph is liking. Let me try and imitate that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of the the class, but also the class is about introducing them to the culture. So now mm -hmm. they know for the next four weeks, the kind of music they're going to be listening to 
has a different beat, has a different feel. And when I say, you know, feel the music, I just don't mean bounce. I feel it has to come from in here, from your heart. So how do you feel it? How does it translate? So that's part of, you know, the journey is actually introduction to new music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And working with, because now it's been like, what, since 2018, where you've been working with institutions? Yeah. Uh, do you see like a change within the dancers, within uh, the diversity or? Mm, if I'm being honest. Please be. <laughs> as no. much as you can. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I don't think I see too much change in terms of the influx of diversity. And when I mean with diversity, I mean you know, black, brown, but also mean low income. Mm-hmm. Because people forget that, you know, diversifying is also about class as well. And being class doesn't have nothing to do with color. It just has to do with income. I don't see too much difference, but what difference I am seeing is that companies are trying to employ more people from outside the establishment to mm-hmm. find out more questions and actually... I approach an artist who deal with that, mm-hmm. not just of a big organization who go, oh, we're going to do a data, you know, research. And actually data research is great, but how does that get in touch with local people who want to go into dance, who you need to get into those institutions? So that I can see the change, but the physical, seeing more black, brown artists in companies, from what I see right now, it hasn't really much. Yeah, it hasn't changed really. Which brings me to your international artist development program in Brazil. Mm. What was well, I kind of know what was the reason, but I'd love to hear it. What the reason was, and then how you actually were able to fulfill this program or create it. Um. Hmm. The reason why? You know the reason why? Well, I can imagine, but that's why I'm asking. Yeah. Just to- uh, it was, it was actually it was really random that I've always wanted to do something back in Cameroon, and that's a bit sensitive, and it still has a long way to go in terms of building relationship with the UK. Mm. So I have to go through France, and it's just really long. Yeah. And someone approached me on Instagram because they wanted to audition for me and said, oh, if you ever wanted to come to Brazil, come, we'll love, because we like your work. And I think that just gave me like a bam. Actually, let me do more research and discover more about Brazil, about the culture, the history, you know, the slave history, the race uh, history. So all these stuff. And actually, you know, if I can't go back to Cameroon right now and, f- and do this project, Where's the next place can I go that I feel, you know, is growing in hip hop and I'm there to, you know, aid in that growth, not actually come to imprint myself. So that's how that relationship built. And I just save my money from different jobs. Mm. Uh, ask a, a private funder, like, this is my idea. I want to go and was given like a small pot of money with my money and with another artist, uh, Danny Sands, and we went out there for two weeks and just went on Instagram and told artists, we're going to be in Rio. If you want to talk, have conversation, message us. And there's multiple people just message and we met. 
and it was just a, um, an opportunity to hear what was their concern and how mm. I could try to aid in that and with all the information took that back and again fundraised and bought a couple artists Kenrick and Mikey J to help us aid on a, a development program that we did in 2019 and we had 10 artists that we supported over the period of three weeks uh, financially but also space for them to develop their choreographic development through hip-hop and that's how it's been developing since then and it's just and it's always been a self-funded avenue of myself and a company so it's nothing never something that we went to arts council oh we need this money to go there it's always okay what can we sacrifice in order to aid you know other artists who actually our resources can go much further there so mm -hmm. how do we use that together and then hopefully with certain projects, Arts Council, yeah, has allowed certain funds to go there to do a more international collaboration. So that's how it's been, yeah, building slowly. So it's so like an annual thing or like what? It's become an annual, it's mm -hmm. become an annual thing. I try to go there regularly in terms of just myself to go mm -hmm. and support artists. And actually, I'm here. If you want me in the studio, I can be there. We can explore ideas. Uh, every time I go there, I always teach. For me, I feel that I'm in a place where I don't have money, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm privileged enough that, you know, I'm in a place where I do receive a salary from the opera, uh, mm -hmm. from the opera house on a monthly basis. So that gives me flexibility to give my time a lot more without thinking, where's the next job? Mm -hmm. So going to Brazil, you know, I don't have to charge anything for my time. Everything's in kind, I do and contribute because it's something I want to grow. So I think being in an opera house gives me that actual flexibility freelance wise to push a lot more into some ideas that I wanted but couldn't because I also have to think about how do I pay my bills. So you're doing mm -hmm. the work for the community mm -hmm. and now putting it back into the institutional um, aspect of it. We just had like a little workshop where we mm -hmm. talked about um, one person, like the, the token non-white mm -hmm. person wearing many hats, being asked to do uh, work for multiple things, including talking about marginalized people while still doing their job. Um, how has that been for you working in these institutions? I, I think... For me, it's not that it's been difficult, mm -hmm. but I've been lucky that I have a network. Yeah. Oh, no, that's... Uh oh, so I thought that was me. I was like, I think I've been lucky that I have a network of support that really do try to help me that when I have concerns, mm -hmm. I can reach out and go, you know, this has happened. And I always tell this to people, but I don't put a public that. Okay, I'm at the Royal Ballet, is a big institution. But one thing I'm grateful that, you know, one of my mentors in that space is Wayne McGregor. And he's been really, you know, supportive in pushing that activism out of me. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, you're in this space, but remember you're a freelancer as well. Mm. So push more to what you need. And he's teaching me how to be actually not confident, but 
if I want something, you know, push for it. Yeah. So I, I I'm learning mm-hmm. that, and then I have, and then you got Kevin who, actually, he's really open, and sometimes I think, actually, let me challenge how open you are and keep throwing stuff mm. at you because I think that's part. I think for me, that's part of my job, and I put a responsibility to myself that if I'm gonna come in that institution, yes, it's gonna serve me great professionally because more people are gonna eye are gonna see me, but actually, I'm here. I know you're going to answer to my emails because I'm in a building. <laughs> so if you don't answer, yeah. you're going to see me. Yeah. So actually, I it gives me an opportunity to actually push and see actually where can news go more. And before, I think if I come to this position maybe like five, six years ago, maybe it wouldn't have happened. I would be like, mm. oh, I'm grateful for being here. Mm. You know, let me not ask something. You know, I'm in here. Whatever they say, I would do, but actually, it's not that I'm grateful. I'm not grateful. Is that I appreciate that you have faith in me, but I have a background of stuff that's got me to this place and yeah. people who've helped me get into this place. So actually, I do have the right to demand mm. more from you, but also to make sure I'm not that token person. And actually, how can you get other faces in this building while I'm here and past me? And I think that's been a really learning curve for me and I'm still trying to learn how to ask and mm. demand because it's not in my nature to demand and actually it's something as artists, especially artists of colours, we don't do a lot. Yeah, We don't demand that we need something even though we know we really need it mm-hmm. to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Mm. <laughs> damn right you got a body of work up here (laughs) so i'm just gonna i mean there's so many more things that i could ask but i'm going to uh go to one of the things that we do on the podcast is ask the previous podcast to ask a question to the next podcast um so your question is are we ready to give the step forward for our emancipation Wow, I know who asked that question. <laughs> oh my, wow. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, because you were in the building. Yeah, was- <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we ready? Oh, do you not? <clears throat> mm, it's such a hard. Mm-hmm. I- <clears throat> it's 50 50, mm. I would say. It's it's still 50-50 and it's still, I think, a process of, there's still a lot of healing that needs to be done. Mm. And there's still a lot of, I think, people who not need to mature, but need to get more experience in understanding where they're at and how you can effectively make change without thinking that, you know, it's going to affect your career. Because I think how everything's been going, we always have this thing like, actually, I need to just do, 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 do. Because mm-hmm. if I don't do, you know, someone's going to actually, there's space for all of us. Because mm-hmm. there's space. Mm-hmm. I can name so many choreographers, you know, Caucasian artists, white artists who, you know, they're doing this, that, 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 that. And you can name like 10, 20 of them. And there's space for all of them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's kicking at that mentality that actually, 
it there can be ten other versions of Joseph that comes from different background, uh, different genders, different orientation. Like there can be, and it's, and I think it's changing our mindset that when you're in the space, you know, how do you? learn to try and serve the wider community knowing that it was a journey for yourself to get there mm. i think that is why i'm like 50 50 because I, I still think we're trying to recognize that actually yes i've had to climb mountains to get here but i can still give and open and support why i'm here because if not there's always going to be one or two in each generation and yeah, th th that's my fifty-fifty for that. Yeah, there is enough space, mm. which now brings me to mm. an advice mm. section. Well, there's mm. no section, but <laughs> the way you the way you just spoke of it mm. of there being enough space. What would you advise someone who's like emerging in the business? I I would say reach out mm -hmm. to that next generation above you. Mm. Because I think one thing people feel is that I get it. Oh, Joseph, I think you're too busy to reach out. Have you message? Mm. If you message, you'll find out. And if I can't, then I would try. I would acknowledge it and try and find other people who have more time at that present time to connect with you. And I think that is sometimes what we're missing is that younger generation actually start reaching out. If you inspire, only thing a person can do is not reply and say no, mm. that's it. And yeah. you move on to the next person who inspires your work or the next peer that you actually see talent. Actually, can I, how can I support you in developing your craft if you wanna be a maker? So I think that's what I would say to some of the new generation is that sometimes the next best choreographer for your generation is next to you. Mm. And if you wanna mm. be a performer, how do you help them nourish and support that growth of their vocab of their ideas i think that's what I, I sometimes see missing is that people are trying to look for the ones who are there and actually there's your peers in your class who mm. need your help your resources to help them develop as well and they can f help you develop so it's a peer peer learning and that's why i say to younger guys like please peer peer learning and support is so key for your career, but also just building your own network. Mm. Networking, well, our favorite thing, because mm. <laughs> dancers love to speak. <laughs> wow! Now mm. I will also mm. invite you to ask uh, another question for the next person. I think my my question for the next person, because I think I know who's going to be next. It's, um, I think for me is, you know, how mm -hmm. can you give out more of your resources outside of the norm, I meaning outside of the EU to others? How can that work? Because <laughs> I think it's understanding that all of us, you know, even if you're from the EU and stuff background, you know, you know someone who's not from the EU who mm. may come from somewhere where actually you may have resources that you don't realize can aid them. Mm -hmm. So how do you start evaluating actually what do I have to offer 
that, you know, maybe I can't do it in this city, but I can do it somewhere else because, you know, my money goes a further away. Actually, I have a better network outside of my own country. Mm. So how can I support artists in those countries? I know I have a better network in there. So I think it's just, and that's what I mean by resources, because that comes with different, it can come, you knowing that you have power to help someone with an email because someone respond to your email recommendation. So it's just about how, and, and I think that's the next step I'm in, is like, how do I start using the small powers I'm gaining to aid other artists? I got to know a lot more about you. Because mm. we had the pleasure of working together in 2019 on a professional basis, and now I get to see where you're at now, what you've done, what you've accomplished, and how you actually approach things, mm. which uh, wasn't clear to me at all um, so much as it is now. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> and that is also a great question. I want to open the space if you want to share something. Share something? Like, mm. like what? What like, can I share? What do you want to share? What do I want to share? Um... We have a new festival at the Opera House coming up for Black History Month that I'm creating. Yes, yeah. I did hear yeah. about the Black History Month um, <laughs> at the Royal Opera House. Yeah. So, and you're mm. curating it. Yep. Okay. Uh, I, I already know one choreographer. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of the collective. And um, mm. I don't know if, have they ever celebrated Black History Month? No. Do you know what? They have. But I don't think it's been as public as the one gonna happen now. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I think the ones happening now was a proposal that I put that being there the last two years, you know, I didn't feel it was celebrated, you mm. know, as it could be. Mm -hmm. So I propose actually for me also not to feel like the token person actually, how can I also invite change? Mm. And part of that was, use the Black History Month as a platform to go, let's bring in new voices that you may not have heard of, try and support them. So you get introduced to new voices, uh, new practice, but also aids the company just to see how other contemporary hip hop, other classical um, makers work. So that, that is part of the festival is by introducing new voices, new practice, uh, I think sharing and celebrating more influences that black and brown people are having mm -hmm. within the ballet culture and what are those and how can we move on forward to, you know, doing more. So that's part of the festival because I'm like, I feel like I'm an outsider coming into the space and maybe I can shake a little things up because I don't come so much from the establishment. Mm hmm and, and I think that's the point of the the festival. So is it is it a mm -hmm. week? Is it a whole month long? It's What's over the, the period of a month. There's like four different events. There's an insight uh, where we're talking to different uh, ballet dancers from the company and outside. There's uh, shows for family. There's a draft work for choreographers. Uh, there's also a short film that we're developing just to celebrate, you know, the diversity of the dancers, the creative process. 
and also just to open up conversation with the Royal Opera House audience, but also their audience both in-house mm-hmm. and also on their social media and mm-hmm. stuff actually. Let's introduce you to these other people that you can follow and help build a career. And yeah, so that that's part. So it's for that month that actually the building needs to push to recognize and it becomes a platform. Yeah, hopefully it becomes more than once. So that's the aim. It happens more than once. Yeah, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to have to go to England for February, cold and wet. But I, October, us is October. Fifth, oh. Yeah, she is. Yeah, 5th of October, the draft works. Okay. When it's performed. Yeah, 5th of October. No, it's Black History Month is in February. No, in the UK it's in October. Ooh. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's different places like in oh, okay. in brazil it's november oh that's what i'm discovering every country <laughs> have different yeah okay so it's like it's around the corner it's around the corner oh no so she's coming next month right at the end to work for five days with some of the dancers in the company to be like a short and mm-hmm. and the platform is literally draft works about introducing ideas so actually lets the choreographer know it all we want to see mm-hmm. is an idea of actually how you work, you, the different thought process that you have, and it can be between four to seven minutes max. Okay. Yeah. October it is then. October it is. October <laughs> the 5th. I hope this podcast comes out by then, but I really doubt it. Cause, yeah. But if it doesn't, it's fine. We talked about it yeah. now. Go next year. Yeah. And you said every a lot will be online as well. So it'll be on yeah, there'll be online streaming go through service. The archives. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be will we be seeing you upon upon the YouTube? Me. Yeah, talking as as the curator, as the host. Mm, yes, on the inside on the sixteenth mm. of October. I'll be doing I'll be part of the panel. And you can catch me in Feb <laughs> on main stage at the Opera House. For the not UK American, uh, not UK his Black History Month. No, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Full, yeah, new work, new, new work, work choreography. Okay. Yes, love that. Thank you so much Thank for this. You. Um, don't forget to follow us and Joseph Tonga on all social media platforms. You were listening to Re. <laughs> Let's just practice. We really practice it online. Red, you see? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Hey, hey, you are listening to Re Pre Zen Dance. <laughs> Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening and tune into our next episode of information visit our social media pages representants underscore lab the content on this podcast has been verified to the best of our abilities we cannot guarantee that there are no mistakes or errors we sadly acknowledge that at the moment we have no representation of a person with disabilities this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as legal or medical advice